From the Ron McKeefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Steven talks to us about how working in his dad's business helped him learn early on how to manage his staff and the value of hard work, how he was able to fast track his way from assistant to head strength conditioning coach at a new school in a matter of months, and how your support network can prolong careers, especially through the most difficult times. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world, performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I have yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, I'm joined by Coach Brandon Stevens. He's currently the Director of Strength Conditioning at Idaho State University. Previously, he was the Head Strength Conditioning Coach at Western Colorado University. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for having me. It's it's an honor and pleasure to be on with you today. For sure. Can you tell us a little bit about your role at Idaho State University? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Here at Idaho State, again, director of strength and conditioning. But again, as you know, uh, being at a smaller institution, uh, small staff, you you wear a lot of hats. So, you know, obviously the sexy part of our job is the coaching side, doing the X's and O's, teaching all the all the exercises and lifts. But um, my job, you know, again, as 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 many hats so it's you know running our nutrition station um working with our vendors it's managing my uh, newly hired assistant it's you know working with our athletic training staff to just make sure we're giving the best um collegiate athletic experience to our student athletes i think i think that's awesome and i think it's good to hear you know, even being a D1 institution, you still are going to have to 
you know, when you become that head guy, you're going to have to do a lot of different things. It's not just design a program, give it to the football team and just chill all day. It's, there's a lot to it. Now at Western Colorado, uh, you, you started out as GA and then you got to the head strength coach position. What during that time was the biggest teacher of like how to be an administrator because it was the similar situation at Western Colorado. You were, you know, you got a nice facility and everything, but you had to do a lot of stuff on your own for a while. So, you know, what best prepared you for your current role? Honestly, as far as the administration side goes, most, most of my help came from, you know, my experience in working in retail. Uh, I thought the skills I developed with that, because I worked for my father for 12 years, you know, just working in a grocery store, doing everything, facing, facing the shelves to cash. I mean, I did everything except for manage the dang place. Um, so I got to learn from him and how he handled people, um, handled employees. Um, and then, you know, I did have a brief hiatus from coaching in between my undergrad and graduate school uh, where I was the manager of a retail business. And so I did have that managing experience before I actually got hired on full time. So definitely think that experience um, really paved, paved the path. Now I also had, or, you know, as you know, working in the RMAC, there's many like top-notch strength coaches. Like, you know, I was blessed to be able to reach out to you, coach Hedrick, coach, uh, uh, shoot, I'm going to, going to blank on his name, coach Thompson. Uh, everyone was just super helpful. You know, coach crease at Shadron, you know, everyone was willing to be like, Hey, this is how we're navigating, you know, the small school world. Um, here's what we did that didn't work. And here's what we're doing. This works. So no, I think we are lucky in that sense in the RMAC where there wasn't too much ego there. There wasn't too many, there's wasn't too many coaches were like, we're not going to share our secrets. Most of us like, Hey, we're going to help each other out. Cause we're all in the same spot. You know, we all have, little resources and staff. So we got, got to make sure we can, we can do it. Now, what would you say is the biggest parallel between retail and coaching as far as managing your program? Honestly, it's just the people skills. Like if working in a grocery store, you're going to have people that come in that's, you know, their personalities are great and you to work with easy to point them to whatever they're they're trying to find and then you're going to have those customers that you know think you should bow down to them um and i think that's strength and conditioning in a nutshell i mean obviously depending on your situation but you know you're going to have athletes come in that may not enjoy weight room uh, so you're going to have to find a way to sell what you're doing with them uh, you're going to have again, could, could have that same mindset that, Hey, we should be doing this because I saw some other school do this, or I talked with a, a coach from across the country and, and they're doing this. So how can we do this here? So 
again, just all those people skills, I just go hand in hand strength. And, and what was the biggest difference that you've seen going from a D2 school and then making the jump up to Division One as far as being a coach? Um, I mean, nothing's really changed. Uh, oddly enough, the, the amount of teams I managed at Western is the same amount of teams I have to manage here. Biggest difference um, is we are a bitter, bigger school, so it's a little more spread. However, it still has that small school feel. Right, right. And just the resources are just a bit different. You know, at West, you know, I was trying to find creative ways to create some sort of budget. Here, um, our athletic director has done a great job of seeing the importance of strength and conditioning. And so I actually have a budget here that I need to manage and know like how much money I have to spend throughout the year where at Western it's like, okay, my, my way of managing the budget is don't spend anything and ask and hope I receive. Right. Right. No, that's awesome. And I think, I think that's great. And when you got to Idaho state, you were an assistant strength coach to start. And then you got promoted to director. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about how you best prepared for, I guess, the interview of your dream job? You know, you're going to be the, the head strength and conditioning coach of a, a division one program. What was your mindset going into that? Because I, I was pretty fun to watch you go from Western and then go up there as an assistant. And then like before, you know, it, I was like, dang, like. Brandon's running the whole dang thing up there. So what was it like preparing for that? And, you know, cause I know a lot of coaches in your, that were in your position there as an assistant, they're looking to take that leadership role and then like, what best prepared you for that? Yeah. So I guess if we go back to the initial question, just how I prepared for it, you know, um, you know, I just, I just envisioned myself. So everything I did, so the resume, the cover letter, um, the additional uh, documents that I was able to provide, um, the uh, review committee, you know, it was just, I envisioned myself as the man in the chair. Um, knew I was going into it as an assistant, but I wanted them to view me as, okay, this guy, is already part of the Idaho State University family. So my teams on my resume, they they matched Idaho State, uh, the cover letter. You know, obviously I addressed the things that were asked for in the job description and then, you know, did my research on the university or at least as much as I could. And that, that set me up for success there. Um, the interview process, I mean, you're just going to have to be yourself. Um, you know, it's interesting being on both sides of it um, to where you you understand when you're actually searching for an assistant, why some coaches out of picked you, you know, and you got frustrated because you got rejected. It's like, well, what the hell? I got all these credentials. I got this. I got that. And it's like, well, maybe – they think you're ready for a different role or you are similar 
to, to the man in charge. And so I think I lucked out. Uh, I had no connection with Coach Ryan, who was the director at the time, which is kind of unheard of in our field. Um, but, you know, he, he obviously found something in me that he liked. And then once I got on campus, it was training level above, you know. So I, I heard Coach Corella. He, he mentioned in one of his his podcasts or social media posts that if you're if you're in the assistant role, like you need to work like you're the best assistant. You are here to make the director's job the easiest as possible. And so that I said I went in with it as and, you know, when when Coach Ryan got the opportunity to move on to uh, Montana, which is a, a dream job for him. It was a, you know, I, I made such a good impression that it was pretty much a no-brainer to slide me into the director spot, So, which I'm fortunate for. No, I, I think it's good. It's always good to, you know, act. And I've heard that before in a few different things. Act like the level above you. If you're an assistant, try to act and operate like the director and make their life easier. But I think it was good. I was... Um, and I just posted, talked to Coach Seekman at Concordia, Wisconsin, um, and he said the same thing. You know, you just you got to learn how to be yourself because we've all experienced that hiring interns or GAs or an assistant where the person you interviewed isn't the person that came into work after that. So it's always good just to be yourself because that's what's going to get you the job, and then um, you know, hopefully it all it all works out from there. Now. What is the type of culture? I know you've been lucky enough to have a a full-time assistant at Western and you have full-time assistant here at Idaho State. What is uh, the culture that you try to establish with your assistant coaches? Are you a standoff kind of like throw them in the fire and like, you know, good luck? Or do you try to establish a culture amongst your staff? Yeah. Um, so with uh, with my current assistants and even my previous assistants, it's, you know, the first couple of weeks, it's all right, let's let's get you to know the athletes, because that's important to me. Like, again, we're we're a two man show, um, two person show. And, you know, we need to know every single name of the athletes that walk in. So if I got to step away you know exactly who you're working with, uh, regardless of the sport and vice versa. If my assistant has to take off because he has a kid, I don't, I don't worry about being a father minus, you know, the 300 athletes we, uh, but you know, if he has to bounce for whatever reason, I can step in. I know who they are. It's not, okay. I'm the director. So I don't have to know, you know, whoever the heck he was working with. I want to know all 300 athletes names. And that's, that's the way I think it should be. And then after that introductory, like, okay, he's, he's he feels comfortable here. I, I already know kind of how he's going to work. It's I'm going to let him do his thing. I'm going to let him make his mistakes. If those mistakes are there, and then we'll press it. We'll, we'll wash our hands and move on. But, you know, we're always going to communicate. So after 
question was like, how'd it go? How'd you think it go? How'd you think it went? How, how could it be better? And then boom, next day, rinse, repeat. Uh, that's awesome. I, I, I think that's, and I always tell my assistants and my interns as well, the most important word in any language is a person's name. And it's going to it help you even that slight, that small gesture is always going to make a big impact on your athletes versus like, Hey, Hey guy, Hey guy, like do this versus Brandon, let you, you know, work on this real quick and we'll, and we'll get it done. It's just it automatically creates that buy-in. Now, what was the big piece of work that you had to do for creating buy-in going from an assistant and then being promoted to the head guy and working with, you know, your football team and, I know you work with more than just the football team because you got, like you said, you got the same amount of teams now at Idaho State that you did at Western. So, you know, what's the big piece of buy-in that you work on with football and the rest of your teams? Well, again, stems from getting to know the athletes. So obviously knowing their names, the first step, but then also, you know, that's where it was great to be an assistant because while coach Ryan at the time was running everything, it's okay. Yeah. I'm helping with technique here and there, you know, doing the typical coaching thing, but it's, you know, in between sets or before the session starts during their warm up, it's getting to know the actual athlete, where they're from, what, what makes them tick, uh, you know, things like that. And then transitioning into the head roll, you know, it, you know, it, it's no different. It's, um, at the end of our spring season, you know, we sat every single guy down from the football team. We went over their numbers of the past. We, we went over some goals. You know, we, uh, I stole some things from a clinic from coach McKeefrey where, you know, you're, you're asking your big three questions, like the find your why type stuff, you know, weren't playing your sport. What would you be doing and why? Who's your biggest influencer? And then uh, who's the most, uh, uh, what's the most difficult thing that you've been through in your life? Uh, you know, and you hit him with that first question, you get some awkward silence at first, like <laughs> right, right. talking to division one football players and they're like, what do you mean football? Yeah. <laughs> right. Do you mean I'm not a football player? Yeah. You know, kind of help them discover who they are, you know, as a person, as a human being, which is the end of the day, what we all are. So, um, and then just to kind of build on that buy-in, it's talking with coaches, right? What did we do in the past? What did you like, not like, and then what do you see my role being within that team? We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Optimum Nutrition Athletics. After dominating the sports nutrition industry for over 30 years, the newly created Optimum Nutrition Athletics brings the same trust and quality at a great price. They've worked hard to put convenient nutritional supplement options in the hands of your athletes. Because of the increased demands, ON now offers their third-party tested NSF certified gold standard whey protein powder in 10 pound bags exclusively for their athletics partners. 
Owen even released ready-to-drink cartons of their gold standard whey protein shakes for your athletes and coaches that are on the go. Colleges and universities across the country have partnered with ON to give their athletes the highest quality nutritional supplements, and ON continues to deliver. They provide flexibility and affordability for all their partners. If you'd like to learn more about their expanding line of supplement products, or if you're interested in becoming a partner, contact ON's Rachel Kravitz on Instagram at ON underscore athletics underscore West or email rkravitz at glambia.com. And no, I think that's, that's awesome. And, and I was just thinking about that when he asked that first, well, what, what would you do if you weren't playing your sport? And I'd be like, uh, I know with some of my previous athletes, no idea. Like this is ball is life, but um, I think that's, it's a good question. Now, you said you talked to the head coach. Can you talk a little bit about how you navigate that or like a, a new director of strength conditioning or even an assistant, anybody listening? If you've been in the game long enough, you know that that relationship with the head coach can really make or break how not easy your job is, but how smoothly your life goes. So could you talk a little bit about what that, how you go about building those relationships with the head coaches because you're are responsible. Uh, what teams do you work with? So, how we divided it up right, right now, um, I'm currently in charge of football, men's and women's basketball, which my assistant and I are tag teaming those three. Um, and then I'll also a program for volleyball, uh, softball, and women's golf. Dang. Okay. Yeah. So as a director, you got a couple hundred athletes on your plate and including the big three with the basketballs and the, and the, and the, and the football team. So, you know, how, how do you go about handling all those coaches and making them feel, you know, that the bass men's basketball or women's basketball is as important as football in your eyes. Cause I think that's what a lot of head coaches want to see. They don't want to see that they're getting the, getting the shaft too much. So how do you go about handling that? Yeah. Um, well, I think it's been a pretty easy transition. I think a lot of it stemmed from what I did uh, as an assistant. Um, even though I work, you know, directly with most of the teams I mentioned that I work with now, you know, it's, yeah, again, it's just showing FaceTime. It's, I know this last year was interesting to say the least, where you almost couldn't show face uh, uh, to where, you know, we've, we had this whole social distancing thing, but again, just making an effort to communicate and again, you know, talking to those coaches, okay, what did we do in the past couple of years that I wasn't here? What did you like? What did you didn't like? Okay. Now, how would you like me to start implementing the things you do like? Okay. Just have those discussions and making sure their voice is heard. Um, obviously you're going to get some coaches that, you know, may not, they're going to be difficult. They may want some things that you may not believe in um, from a training perspective, but you know, you got to flip it. You got to be a car salesman every once in a while. Uh, 
make your ideas their ideas. But you know, again, it's just it's just time and effort. And I think one of the biggest factors is making a good impression with the athletes. Okay, is the weight room the place the athletes want to be? Okay, if it is. That's going to build buy-in with the coach right there. Okay, my athletes don't hate coming to training. Okay, let's let's go talk to Coach Stevens and see, you know, what the heck it is they do in the strength and conditioning room. No, I, I think it's good. I know there's some coaches or some cultures out there where it's the strength coach is king in that weight room or queen in that weight room and it's a dictatorship. Whereas you're saying like, you know, we got to make a good impression with the athletes because the athletes don't like us and the coaches questioning us, you know, you're going, you're fighting two fronts there versus like if the athletes love it in the weight room and the coaches question it and the athletes are like, now we got coach Stevens back, like whatever he says, like we'll do. And it works for us. No, I think that's important. Now, you know, you've worked your way up from graduate assistant you know, to a head strength coach and then back to an assistant and back up to a head strength coach. What's one piece of advice you'd give to the younger strength coach in our profession where they're, you know, young and years or time spent in our profession, they might be an intern going into another intern or a GA going into another low level spot you know, what's some advice you give to those coaches trying to make their way in our profession? The the first thing that comes to mind is just take initiative, you know, don't, don't be that fly up the wall. You know, obviously there's a time and a place like when you first, you know, walk into the weight room, most of the time as an intern or a shadower, you're, you're observing the flow of, you know, how the coach is running things, but you know, after you've done that, that should only take a couple of weeks, like a week, maybe, you know, after that, take initiative because your drive and your willingness to do something, whether it's a small task that, you know, in the back of your head, it's like, why the hell am I doing this to, you know, the sexy stuff where you're actually hands-on coaching like that make the difference in your supervisor's eyes. They want someone they you know, like Coach Seekman said, like, we're not here to babysit. If we have to continuously light a fire under your ass, like, why are you here? You're not going to get very far in the profession. Uh, and I, I've just always been one, you know, my mother has instilled this in me, you know, like patience is a virtue. Like, and I think it's perfect for this field, but I take it a step further and be, you want to be persistent with your patients. Like, yeah, understand that, you know, climbing the ladder is going to be different from everybody. It may take long for somebody compared to someone else, but if you are persistent with trying to make your situation better and to move up that ladder, you're going to be better off. No, I think that's be persistent with your patients. That's a, that's a good one. It's that just, having good patience, but have it the whole time because, you know, it's a grind. I mean, you've been in this, you know, I'm, you know, about a decade or a little over a decade, we're all getting there and it's, 
every step of the way, you know, it requires just a, a little bit of patience. Now, what's some advice you'd get to the, the head strength coach? So maybe somebody, they got that, they listened to you, they got their resume, they got that job, and now they're a first time director, you know, and, you know, they're in that chair and they're making those calls, you know, what's some advice you'd give to the first time director? I just say, and just, just make it your own. You, you ain't got to be you know, another strength coach. Just you ain't the guy that you replaced or the gal you replaced. Just make it your own. And people either fall in line or, or they won't. And so, like, don't don't be afraid to take risks. You know, calculate it, of course. Um, but, again, just, just make it you, you know. Coach Parker said, uh, told me one day on a phone call, you know, that if it's important to you, don't, don't falter. Like, don't let it, it's, if it's, you you know, you take that head roll and you want things a certain way, have it that certain way. If you don't want it, okay, change it up. Definitely. I I think that's. That's a, it's always a good thing. I mean, you are the person that got that job and that's who they're hiring. So, you know, make it yours. I mean, this is, uh, this career and we all know this is not secure. And if you're gonna, I think my biggest thing is if you're going to go down or you're going to get leave, you might as well have said you did it the way you wanted to just to, at least know, be like, Hey, that didn't work. Or like, Hey, this worked and I'm onto something, but at least you're doing it your way. Um, I think that's, that's great advice. Now, if you could pick up the phone and call Brandon Stevens from six years ago, what would you tell him? Tell him, tell him two things. One, trust it, trust the grind, keep, keep pushing through. Cause I know there was a point you know, is right before my, or is that transition from the GA to my first head role to where the university was back and forth with whether or not they were actually going to make the position full time. And we got to almost September, you know, so we had already been going two weeks for that fall semester and position hadn't been, you know, officially, um, Posted, and you know, I just got evicted because the, uh, the landlord I was working with thought we had a great relationship. I didn't hear anything from the university; they just assumed we were moving on and found a replacement for us. So we had to find a new place to live. So that for the the lady and I, but it, it all ended up working in the end. Um, so trust the process, um, again, keep working. And then the other thing is take advantage of the resources around you. Uh, you know, put, put the ego aside, sweep it under the rug and, and reach out. Uh, the, my, my biggest, uh, I guess, regret at Western was not reaching out more to the amazing RMAC strength coaches. Like, again, 
already named a handful of them. And that's just half the coaches that are in the conference. Um, I think I could have done a better job there, just reaching out, doing site visits. Again, I know being a one or two person show, you know, you don't have a whole lot of time to do that, but you know, just guys like yourself, coach Florendo, coach Crease, you know, all the other coaches I had mentioned, like they were more than willing to let me come on campus or take 30 minutes to chat. So uh, for anyone out there, just, just don't be afraid to reach out. For sure. No, I think that's great. And, and thank you for not romanticizing what we do. And I, that's my big thing is like, I don't want to make us look glorified or, you know, and like you're wearing your cool Idaho state, you know, uh, Adidas stuff. And I got the Under Armour stuff for your minds and all that. But like, there's so much more that goes into just like sideline gear and like the hype that a lot of people see. And not like you said, you know, like, Hey, I didn't know if I was gonna have a full-time job and I just got evicted, but you still were focused enough and, and wanted it enough to like stick it out and see it through. And cause I, I, I always got the most amount of information from previous podcast episodes was when I heard other coaches, I was like, Oh, coach Stevens is just like me. Like he's, he's going through this. He went through the same stuff and you can make it out. And I think that that's important. And what was the biggest thing in your mindset where you're like, and I, I tell my interns this all the time. I was like, you're going to look yourself in me or one of these days and be like, I don't know if this is worth getting up in the morning and then going home late. Like it's just the way it is right now. And I, you're going to do that in the mirror at least once or twice in your career. What was your biggest mindset when that time came up? Like, all right, like, Come on, Brandon. I don't know if you want to do this again, but what was the thing that got you through the evictions or like those hard moments in your career? I mean, luckily, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be, be in a relationship with the same woman for it'll be 10 years at the end of January. Uh, you know, as you know, you got to be pretty crazy to be in this profession. Well, I think pretty crazy to date a person in this profession. <laughs> so I've been pretty fortunate to have a pretty, pretty solid person in my corner um, that I could look, look into her eyes and be like, okay, I, I got to step my game up. I got to fight. I got to be strong for her. I got to be strong for the athletes I'm working with, you know, because, you know, going through that time, you know, you can't walk into the weight room and, have a look that, you know, you don't have a place to stay. You, you got to come in with a smile on because your energy is contagious. And so if you have crap energy walking into the room, that session's just wasted. You just wasted an hour of their time or however long your session is. Um, but there's always been a mantra, you know, to, to, to directly answer your question. It's the great ones adjust. Um, uh, my freshman football coach in high school, uh, uh, Coach Mickelson, he, he hit, hit that one day and stuck ever since. And Nice. Uh, big fan of that one. That's a, that's a hell of a quote there. Now, what's coming up in this next year that you're uh, looking forward to? What do you got going on there with the 
Idaho State that you're you're looking forward to implementing or a coaching style or anything you got going on that gets you excited? Well, first thing is I'm just excited to return to some sort of normalcy as far as coaching goes, you know, having our fall sports in the fall, you know, spring sports. And that's that's going to be awesome. Just seeing this work that a lot of our athletes have been putting in pay off. Um, you know, we're, we're going to work to hopefully, you know, we got Jared Allen's name on our building our facility, but to me, it, it, it doesn't have the feel of a potential hall of fame, you know, defense. Um, so, so my goal here in the next couple of years is to see a facility, uh, a renovation, uh, not necessarily like knocking out walls or anything, but just update the facility with newer equipment, get our athletes a little bit more excited to uh, come to the weight room. Um, and then, you know, we got some fundraising ideas to put in place uh, as well that I think the community will will get behind. Uh, but yeah, I mean, those are the, the big ones as well. Uh, we're, we've got our athletic training staff going to be moving across the hallway from us. Uh, nice. Okay. There you go. It's going to be huge. Our dietitian will move in as well. So, you know, just having them closer is just going to button up our communication and just uh, allow us to give our athletes uh, just a better experience overall and, and the help they, they need. For sure. No, I think that's, that's great. And that communication and that relationship with um, athletic training, sports nutrition, and all that is always is just as important as the head coach. And you know, I was luckily, at, luckily at Metro, I shared an office with the athletic trainers, and like they had double doors, like connecting the weight room to the athletic training room. So it's always good to have that relationship, and that it's good. It sounds exciting. I'm excited to have here and everything you guys got going on up there now. If our listeners wanted to reach out or ask you any follow-up questions or just talk shop or just tune in and find out what you got going on, what are some of your social media handles or your contact info you want, want them to reach out to? Yeah. So, I mean, really anything technology-based, you can reach out. Um, uh, so I'm a big Instagrammer. That's the one I use the most, uh, most promote our athletes uh, but that's uh, at brandon.stevens21 uh, twitter got a twitter i don't use it as much um, but that's b stevens 1991 and then you know my email here at isu so brandon stevens at isu.edu and then yeah i'd, I'd be willing to you know, dish out my cell number um, if you reach out. So, for, for sure. Now, um, yeah, it's um, thank you for being on, on the podcast. I know I wanted to. We've been we've been going back and forth ever since you got out there to Idaho State and trying to get you on here, and you know how life works. But yeah, I really appreciate you being on here. It was some very valuable information because you were able to. Go D one or go from D two to D one, and then go from assistant to ahead, and you know, man, like you said, make that yours. And and I, you know, I appreciate you sharing 
your story and a little bit about how you're able to be successful where you're at coach. And yeah, you know, I, I really look, we're looking forward to seeing what you got going on at Idaho state and hopefully you can turn, um, you know, the Jared Allen into, he was a madman on the, on the football field. So get that energy in the weight room on the walls or something out there, but, uh, and get things going. So I appreciate you being on the, on the podcast and, and taking the time to talk with us. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, at the the beginning, it might've been pre-recording, but, you know, I appreciate you out, uh, having me on here, you know, it's, it's an honor and a pleasure to, to even be considered with a lot of the coaches you've, you've had on here and including yourself. And, you know, I, I thank you personally for, for all the help you've, you've given me in the past. So thank you. Absolutely. Coach, any, anytime we're just trying to make it out here. So that's, uh, that's all that matters. So uh, I'll reach out and good luck this season. Thank you. You do the same. The Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by Play. Listen in on a conversation with Play's Global Director of Performance and Education, Coach Mike Buley. Coach Buley describes the vision of how Play will continue to be the company that will propel the innovation of the strength and conditioning profession forward. Well, after 22 years of, of coaching, I've learned that connection trumps communication and that it's not enough for coaches to know that you care. And I think you got to take that a step further. They need to experience that you care. And I've always been a coach that tried to be more tra- uh, transformational than transactional. And so with that awareness in mind too, I always enjoyed working and learning and talking to other people and, and coaches and developing that camaraderie. I've always made myself available to the community because I remember how hard it was too to try to get a crack into this this profession. And, and uh, I promised myself if ever I was given a shot, I would never take advantage of that. I always allow myself to uh, help other people uh, chase their dreams in this profession. It's been very good to me. Play is a company that will help your strength conditioning program find solutions for all your needs. Review second best and check them out at play.us for more information. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.